We are a proud member of the 143 Podcast Network. Paul and Michael occasionally save the world. Paul and Michael occasionally save the world. Paul and Michael occasionally save the world. Outside with the crickets. Yeah, it's pretty nice out right now. It's uh, it's been hot more often than not lately, but uh, man, today was a nice day. It was kind of cool. It's supposed to be raining. It's not raining, luckily. So I got all set up outside because my wife was inside watching TV, and I didn't want to bother her. And as soon as I got all set up, she went up to bed. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But I decided to just go ahead and stay out here, enjoy the nice weather. Hey, why not, as long as it's not hot or raining or something. Yeah, exactly. And stuff's been busy lately, and uh, one of the things I learned more and more is that it's really worth it to uh, slow down, to kind of stop sometimes. The The other day we were driving down to uh, to L.L. Bean in Freeport. My wife had a, a an offer. She has an L.L. Bean credit card, and she needed to get winter boots. Mm-hmm. And she had an offer for 20% off a purchase if you use your L.L. Bean card. So yeah. we went down there uh, to check out boots for her. And I was driving and I was thinking about uh, just the distance that we were. We were about 20 miles away from the exit we were going to. And uh, I was doing the math in my head of what difference it would make if I went the speed limit compared to if I went 80 miles an hour, 10, you know, 10 miles over the speed limit on the interstate. Mm-hmm. And going 20 miles, it makes uh, two minutes difference. Yeah, it's if you're going 80, yeah, it makes no difference. But everybody's always speeding around. But I just, you know, I always kind of knew that, but it, it just got me thinking about it. It's like, man, it doesn't make any sense to be trying to pass people in the left lane unless somebody's going just obnoxiously slow. Yeah. So uh, why bother? So I just started. I the rest of that drive, I just slowed down, set my cruise control, and. Only worried about changing lanes if somebody was going ridiculously slow. Yeah, that's the way to do it. The funny yeah. thing is, we'll have people out here. We have a lot of little, little tiny farm-to-market roads, and people will tail, ride your tail gate real bad because you're going to speed limit. Even if you're going over the speed limit, they'll do that. And then they'll pass yeah. you, usually in a bad spot. funny thing is, you always end up, almost all the time, you catch up to them at a stop sign or something. So yep. they're not really getting <laughs> anywhere. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, you know, it's funny you do that to you. You slow down, and you don't worry about speeding. And, man, it makes everything just so much more peaceful. Like, I mean, you know, driving 30 minutes away isn't really enjoyable on its own. I mean, you can do things to make it more enjoyable, like, you know, listening to music or a podcast or a book on tape or whatever. But especially when I'm driving with my family, what usually that means is that... uh I get to do nothing to entertain myself, and they're all entertaining themselves. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it's as boring as it could be for me most of the time. <laughs> but when you just slow down, you don't worry about speed, and you just kind of relax, because what else are you going to do? And it's, it's very different just kind of with how you feel, you know? And uh, I think there's a lot of ways that we could think about doing that. And actually, something that, that you have for us to talk about, I think, kind of ties into that. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about, uh, your recent purchase? 
Yeah, it's kind of a weird one because in a world where everybody's getting instant access to things and, you know, eliminating, getting rid of DVDs and everything streaming and fast and you can have it anytime you want it and you can pause it and go back to it whenever you want. Um, me and my wife, uh, uh, we had to go to school a day early for Delilah because school started this week for us. And then we, after that, we, we said, let's go have lunch at this place in this little town nearby. Had lunch and walked across the street to, uh, it's a little thrift shop that is like a charity for uh, the local hospital. And we went in there and I was walking around. She was looking at clothes and stuff. And I went into this room and there are all these old VCR VHS tapes, movies. Mm. And I was like, hmm, oh yeah, that's a bunch of junk. And then I was like, saw, you get 20 for a dollar. I'm like, <laughs> um, this makes no sense. And I looked at them, I was like, there's some good movies in here that I'd, I'd love to have and watch that I don't even have on DVD. You know, and it's hit or miss with even all the different streaming services. If you've got Amazon or Netflix, you never know if they're going to be available. And yeah. then if you want to watch them, you usually have to rent them, uh, even if it's a couple of bucks to rent them on uh, one of the services. I'm like, I went to my wife and said, you need to come here and tell me I'm crazy and not to do this because I'm about to buy all of these. I had like, I already had 20 picked out when I went to, to, to get her. She came in there and she looked at it and said, what are you doing? I'm like, look, it's, it's 20 for, for, she said, how much is it? I said, they're $2. It's $2. She said, each? I'm like, no, For you get 20 for $2. And I thought she was going to laugh at me because we don't even have a VCR. And she's like, well, let me look here. And she started finding stuff. She found stuff that she liked, and then she found some that, like for the Delilah to watch, some kids' tapes. And then she's like, we don't even have a VCR. And I'm like, there's one over there for $3.50. <laughs> so we we loaded up and we got forty different we got forty movies and it's uh we watched the first night we got it we watched uh, Fargo and Conspiracy Theory and it was almost like traveling back in time because one of the things I noticed nowadays like if we're watching something on just TV even you can pause that with a like we have Dish Network they have the hopper and you can just pause what you're watching. Or even if you're just watching something recorded or a DVD or just something streaming, you can just pause it. Like somebody wants to say something, so you just pause it. Well, my oldest daughter, she likes to talk. Uh, so she kept talking, and there's like, this this VCR doesn't even have a remote. So it's like, you have to get up, go up, and manually pause it to do anything like that. It's just funny. It's just almost like going back. But it, it was, it was kind of, it's like tra- time traveling back to that slower time. I'm like, man, I kind of missed it when... Yeah, everything was a little bit slower. Not so right, fast-paced. I, I think we need to talk about what movies you got. So we know we got you got Fargo and Conspiracy Theory. Yep. Did you make a list? Do you have a list of what you got? I've got them right here. All right, I've we got, got to go through these one by one. I'm I'm ridiculously excited about this. Okay, okay. This, this is how weird we are. As soon as we got them home, we had to alphabetize them in the order. So we well, can that's go just, through. That's just logic. That's, that's yeah. a, a wise course of action. You prepared for this. Okay, so here we go. 101 Dalmatians. That's Great for kids' Delilah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jim Carrey's Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. So that's the second one where mm-hmm. he talks out of his butt mm-hmm. and uh, 
I remember quite a few relatives of the uh, obnoxious, like, preteen age mimicking that. Uh, Apollo 13's Tom Hanks. Good movie. Haven't seen that in forever. And it's relevant because we've just been, uh, had a big uh, moon landing, I guess, anniversary. Well, you um, know, and the key is that Tom Hanks is always relevant. So, well, yeah, you know. yeah, he's in he's in more than one of these, I think. Um, got a Harrison Ford's Air Force One, good one. I served him oatmeal one time. Did you really? Yes. Was he grumpy? Uh, I there was an intermediary. Oh, oh okay, yeah, he's, <laughs> so he's, yeah, he's grumpy then. Um, a Beautiful Mind. That that is. The only movie that I've really liked Russell Crowe in. I'm not saying that it's the only Russell Crowe movie I've ever liked. It's the only movie I liked him in. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. Um, then we got the Blair Witch uh, Project. Yeah, mixed feelings. The The excitement of seeing it the first time was something. But uh, they had to go make that sequel. It just kind of killed the mystique. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, next on the list is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I haven't seen that in forever. That's oh, one I should watch again. I that That's one that one. I think I'd appreciate more now than I did when I saw it. Yeah, that was a classic for what it, the innovations it made for what it brought into to America, the way they had all the stunt techniques and stuff. That was really cool. And their just yeah. use of color. Uh, it won yeah. a lot of Academy Awards, I remember. The use of color is still what stands out to me about it more than anything. Yep. Um, let's see what's next. I already mentioned Conspiracy Theory, which is one of those movies I used to I loved when it was first out, and I still like it. But it it just the editing on it didn't age that well. And <laughs> that's a know, Mel Gibson movie, right? Yeah, Mel Gibson yeah, and uh, Julia Roberts. That didn't Roberts. age that well either. <laughs> no, no, he did not. Um, that's that's the truth. Uh, you got, uh, The Count of Monte Cristo, which, that's Antonio Banderas, I think. Yeah. Isn't that the one, Leo? No, no, I was thinking of a different one, never mind. You're thinking of the, yeah. ma- probably the Man in the yep, Iron Man Mask. Yeah, Man in the Iron Mask, Leo DiCaprio, yeah. yeah um, yeah. It, that was a good one, too. And then, this is one my wife picked out for Delilah. It's The Lady and the Tramp, Walt Disney, except it's in Spanish, <laughs> because Delilah likes listening to Spanish movies now. Alessia's well, smart. Spanish is wonderful. She's trying to learn. She's trying to. T- she's basically teaching herself Spanish by like she'll watch Coco in English and then she'll watch it in Spanish and then she'll go back and watch it in English. That's a smart way to do it. Yeah, she's pretty clever. Then uh, another Disney one, Dinosaur. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know it. That's it was a Disney one. one. I, I know I've seen it, but it's not one that stood out extremely strongly you know uh we grabbed uh there's a dinosaurs tv show we got a couple of episodes of it on. A oh tape. man you got the dinosaurs like the one where yeah. they're the uh not like the, people in costumes yeah yeah well, oh the, yeah not, not the, the mama not the mama yeah. not the mama <laughs> yeah. i loved that show yeah it's good stuff <laughs> got a uh, aaron brockovich julia roberts another julia roberts one Good movie. Uh, Drew Barrymore, Ever After, which is the Cinderella tale. Yeah, I wouldn't say I cared that much for that one, but it was it was a good movie for what it was. It just wasn't my my cup of tea, but yeah, good one. I would watch it. Another one is Far and Away. That's uh Tom uh, Cruise and uh, what Nicole Kidman, I guess. I think that's Susan. yeah. You know, I remember that one. I watched. I, I was. 
God, I was I was fairly young when I watched that. That's but I remember one. it. Yeah. I think I watched it once, but my wife really loved it, so we got that. Yeah, most of these movies I've watched once, and it was when they like were new. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fargo, I've already mentioned, which it I still love it. I got to watch that one again. I, I actually started it recently once, and just it was I wasn't in the mood for it at the time because it was like late at night, flipping around Netflix trying to find something to watch, and I always see all these movies that I want to watch. But then when I start one, I'm like, I don't really want to watch a movie right now, though, you know? Yeah. It's hard to go wrong with the Coen brothers, though. You know, I can't honestly think I've ever seen a movie that I didn't like a little bit or completely just love that they made. Um, Then there's uh, Bruce Willis, um, The Fifth Element. So I did rewatch, and it ended up only being like about half of it that I watched before I fell asleep, but I rewatched a chunk of that movie recently. Uh, Tom Hanks's and uh, Forrest Gump. Yeah, I have watched that one not too long ago. Let's see. Then, let's see. Because it's Robin Williams, my wife wanted to get a flubber. <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw that. I believe I did. It's just a goofy remake of an older older movie. Uh, yeah. Russell Crowe in The Gladiator. Yep, that was a that was a good one, good action movie. Then we got a Disney Iron Will, which I'm not sure if I ever saw that. I remember that one. Yeah, uh, he was uh, the the dog sled driver, right? Right. Yeah, that's what yeah. it looks like. Yeah. Then there's the anniversary collector's edition <laughs> of Jaws. Two 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 tapes in that box. Man, you got that. For a dime, yeah, collector's yeah. edition. You're rich. Exactly. I can I can go flip that on the speculator market. Um, Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius, mm-hmm. another kid show. Jurassic Park, one of my favorite movies. I'm absolutely I'm absolutely excited about watching that one. Big, really. Yeah, really I have it on Blu-ray. I didn't want to buy it till I could get it for ten bucks on Blu-ray, but. I waited and eventually I did, and yeah, it's it's one of my favorite movies. It's one of those movies that's always going to be you know, like top five for me. What did you think of the most recent iteration of them? With uh, they're fun, but it's like nothing is as good as the first one. The second no. one was good too. The third one was not very good. The new ones are not they're not as good, but they're fun. Yeah, that's what I'd rather they do too. I mean, they're they're not going to recreate what they did in the first one, so. Make it a fun movie, like make it enjoyable to watch. So, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, then I got a uh, Mel Gibson, Danny Glover in Lethal Weapon, which was a classic at that time. Can't go Back wrong the, there. Uh, and this shows you. And this next one shows you how long they kept making VHS tapes, despite the by the time this movie came out, DVDs had pretty much taken over the market. But Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> and I was really surprised to see it because I worked at a I worked at a Barnes and Noble at that time, and all we sold was DVDs and CDs. Yeah, and uh, I guess there was still a market for it. Um, next one is one of my favorite movies from back then. It was Legends of the Fall, based on a Jim Harrison novella. It's a uh, Brad Pitt. I know I've seen that one once. I only vaguely remember it. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's an older one. 
Then another Antonio Banderas one that I don't remember much about. I just, I've got it. I remembered watching it, and I'm like, why not? Uh, the Mask of Zor- Zorro. I remember seeing that, and that's about all I can tell you about it, but... Okay. Um, Mel Gibson's The Patriot. A lot of Mel Gibson. He was early on a high point back then. And <laughs> like you said, he, things haven't gone well lately. The VHS Mel Gibson was good Mel Gibson. Yeah, yeah. It all went downhill when those DVDs came out. Yep, ruined him. Um, this next one is a John Travolta movie, and yeah, he, maybe things haven't necessarily... He kind of hit his stride back after uh, after uh, Pulp Fiction. He kind of come back, but Phenomenon, which I remember that movie. That's a really good one. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, actually, I really liked that movie when it was uh, was new. I was pretty young, but I liked that movie quite a bit. Yeah, the, for the, anybody that hasn't heard of that one, that's a, the premise is it's just this guy lives in this small town, and what he He's not, you know, he's just an average Joe. And then all of a sudden he becomes super, super intelligent and can absorb information. He can read books in like minutes and retain everything in them. Um, it's, a, it's a really interesting movie with a sad ending. Uh, the next one is uh, Practical Magic. And that's Sandra Bullock, it looks like, on it. Yeah, Sandra, I, I remember Sandra Bullock, but I, I don't think I saw that one. I think that was the first one that I haven't seen. Uh, Now, the next one, if you've seen it or not, they're in there watching it right now. I started it with them, and uh, (laughs) just sometimes when you hear the music that's played, it's just like, wow, things have really changed a lot in all these years. Pretty Woman with Richard Gere and Julia Roberts. That's like the third Julia Roberts one, I think. Yeah, Julia Roberts, Mel Gibson, guy. I mean, Harrison Ford, Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. definitely representing the uh, '80s to '90s, you know, top actors and actresses. Um, I, I have seen Pretty those. Woman. Pretty yeah. Woman, I probably liked more than I should have at the age that I watched that because <laughs> I was young. But there was something about, uh, I don't know. I, I think what stood out to me about it was seeing somebody that was treated well. You know, I mean, she was in a position where it's like uh, she had no reason that she had to be treated well doing what she did. But, you know, Richard Gere actually treated her well genuinely as well as, you know, took advantage yeah, of what he was paying one of those for. Things, that's one of those <laughs> things. I was apprehensive of rewatching it because I didn't remember a lot about it because it is so old. And I was like, oh, this is going to be bad. He's going to be like this. I couldn't remember the initial meeting of the two. Like, this is going to be all creepy, and he's just going to be, you know. But, no, he actually just needed directions. And then he's like, eh, just come up and hang out with me. I just need somebody to hang out and talk to. And, uh, yeah, it's an interesting interesting older movie like that. Um, Then this next one my wife picked out. I'll preface that um, because I've never seen it. And she says, I have to watch it. It's called Save the Last Dance with Julia Stiles and Sean Patrick Thomas. <laughs> so I'm sure I'm going to love that one. Yeah, enjoy that one. We'll have to talk about that one after you watch it. <laughs> I don't uh, believe so I've ever seen that one. Well, I'll send it to you when I'm done. I'll uh, record it on my phone and just email, email the file <laughs> to you. Um, Silence of the Lambs, which, you know... I, I haven't seen that in forever, but that was a 
See, that's the kind of movie that, uh, as far as movies that, I guess, I guess you could call that a horror movie to an extent, but it's, uh, like those, uh, psychological movies like that. Those are the kind that I like. I cannot stand, like, gore horror movies, you know? Right. Right. There's, like, only really one scene that's pretty bloody, I think, in it. Um, there's a lot of insinuation of lots of bad stuff. But, yeah, it's more of a psychological suspense thriller. Yeah. Just pure horror. So the horror is this what's implied. And Dan and specifically said that that's done. Um, the, the autopsy scene is not that pleasant. The scene at the end when uh, he's killed the police officer that was bringing him food and basically makes a face mask. Oh, that's kind of gross. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Uh, then the next one is uh, Bruce Willis's The Sixth Sense. Which once you've yeah, seen it, yeah, once is pretty much enough. But that that has to be like the best twist at the end of a movie. Oh yeah, yeah, and they did it really well. Because I just one of those you after if you, oh, most people have probably seen it by now. But I remember like wanting to watch it again a second time immediately after, just because you wanted to see how they pulled it off and yeah. watch it again, and you can you can see well yeah. It's really well done. And um, I created a whole career for M. Night Shyamalan to never be able to recreate that magic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it probably should have been better if he just tried to pursue other things instead of trying to capture it in a bottle again. Um, then we got Titanic. Good one. Um, when a Man Loves a Woman with Andy Garcia. I don't believe I've seen that one. Uh, I don't know if I did. It was just one time way back in the day. Um, this is the one, the next one, and there's only two more, but the, there's, the next one is the one I was super excited about, the Where the Red Fern Grows. I don't know. I know I've seen, seen that, that, but it was probably when I was in school. Probably, yeah. They used to show it in schools. I loved that when I was a kid. And the last one is another Tom Hanks, uh, You've Got Mail. So there you go. 40. I've... Well, yeah, I, I've probably seen You've Got Mail, but just sounds like, uh, you know, you've you seen Sleepless in Seattle. You're probably good there with Tom Hanks romantic comedies. Yeah. Yeah, they're not that far removed because when I was t- we were talking about it, I got it confused in my head. And I was thinking about Sleepless in Seattle. And yeah. Loaded, yeah, the whole it's like, ah. Well, I mean, it was successful when he called in a radio show, but now email. People will love it because they have email now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's my haul. We'll probably go back and get more because, come on, $2 for another 20 But, you know, the, we tried to be selective, and we didn't just grab it. We could have grabbed everything they had, but we yeah. kind of went for ones mostly that just had a nostalgic meaning for either her or for me or for both. So Yeah, and, you know, and, the, and the cool thing about doing that, so this is kind of what I was thinking about after you told me about it, Uh one of the things that's changed nowadays, and you already hit this, but like with Netflix and uh, the other streaming services, uh, you have so much to choose from, you know, let alone like you got Spotify or Pandora or, you know, Amazon Prime Music or there's just a million iterations of that or you have like all kinds of music at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. You can have all kinds of video games at your fingertips. You could have like everything. You could have so much to choose from that it makes it so hard to choose and it makes it hard to really enjoy something. Cause you know, you can ditch it in a heartbeat and just go on and go on to something else. 
Yeah. You know, when... um, Yeah, everything's disposable. Yeah, I mean, you know, when I was a kid, uh, you know, when, when we were all younger, it wasn't even horribly long ago. Even just like a, a decade ago, when I was a, a younger adult, um, even Netflix then, it wasn't streaming online. You got discs in the mail, so you had to set up your queue, you had to wait to get them, mm-hmm. then when you got them, you had to watch them, and then you had to return them to get the next one. Yeah, so you yeah, and you couldn't just like you know get something and be like, I don't feel like watching this. So I'm you well, you'd have to send it back, so you'd be waiting like four days before you got the next one. So you couldn't just be like, no, I don't want to watch this. I'm going to watch something else. Like you would watch it, you know. And uh, it makes you appreciate stuff more. I've been thinking that like looking on Twitter with people posting comics, especially when people are like, oh, I got that as a kid and I loved it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so much easier to love stuff when you don't have infinite, you know. And there, there's just something nice about just getting a chunk of something and then slowly enjoying it. You know, like these movies that you got. I had texted you a picture of a, a haul that I got the other day. Uh, did you look at that picture? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I got, um, let's see, it was like 33 trades. Yes, like I remember it was a massive, massive stack. Yeah, so paperbacks and hardcovers. A lot of it was like DC, uh, New 52 era. There's some Marvel... There's some uh, Ex Machina from uh, uh, from Wildstorm, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I got okay. I'm just gonna say the the not the title of each trade, but like what it is. So I got. Uh, let's see, my phone went black on me. Hold on a second. Damn you, phone. Okay, so there's uh, the Flash, the Flash, Green Lantern, Superman, 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 Green Arrow. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Ex Machina volumes. Hmm. Flashpoint, Batman, Batman, Deadpool, Alias, New 52, Future's End, Alias, Alias, The Legendary Star-Lord, The Legendary Star-Lord, Earth 2, World's End, Earth 2, The Kryptonian, Earth 2, World's End, uh, Batman and Robin, Batman, Green Lantern, Green Lantern, Green Lantern. And, uh, yep, that's, that's all of them. So, sixteen fifty before tax. They were 50 cents each to get these. Yeah, that's crazy. And I had actually seen these a couple weeks before. I picked out a couple. I don't remember exactly what the other things were. I didn't, didn't bother looking at them before, uh, our call here. But I picked out a few things. I was like, ah, I don't need to get all these. I'll get these few things that, you know, they'll probably be enjoyable. You know, that's enough. And then, like, a few days later, I just thought, why the hell didn't I get everything they had for 50 cents each? Like, you never get those opportunities. Yeah. yeah. I did the math on, obviously, these aren't worth cover price. They're all remainder books that were traded in. And, uh, like, I know Bull Moose doesn't give you anything, really, for remainder books, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. they're the books you'd buy in, like, the clearance section for, like, six bucks or whatever, you know? But uh, I did the math on it, and so I spent sixteen fifty. But the cover price on all these books added up to six hundred and sixty-two dollars. Oh wow! It's like if I was buying those brand new as they came out, and some of that's inflated because they're hardcovers, you know. And I would never spend full price on a book, anyways. But there's just something cool about having this this big stack of DC stuff. Because I have some other ways I could read DC, uh, like using Hoopla. I can even request books to the library. Um, you know, let alone buy stuff. Uh, I know I have plenty of stuff on Comixology I could read, but 
it's kind of nice when you just go, okay, what do I want to read? And you're looking at your bookshelf and picking from a handful of things rather than just oh yeah having no yeah. real boundaries with it. And you know those, me, I love a deal. So <laughs> are some of those hardcovers? Yeah, yeah, a handful That's of them are amazing. Yeah, yeah, the Green Lantern ones look like they're hardcover. It looks like a one of the Batman's might be Superman. And one of the one yeah. one of the cool things about it too is. Um, I mean, you know, like, I I share stuff with you, you share stuff with me anyways, but I got so much stuff here, I don't want to keep it after I read it. Uh, it's not like, you know, put my collection material. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm already going around, like, offering people, like, hey, is there any of this that you're interested in? So I got, uh, you know, my cousin wants to read the Superman and Batman stuff after I'm done, and then he's probably going to give it back to me because he also doesn't want to build up a bunch of junk in his collection. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, one of the guys I work with is interested in the Flash, so I'm going to pass the Flash stuff along to him. But it's like I'll just be able to share. You know, I got, you know, 33 trades, and I can just read them and share them with people, you know? Yeah, and that's it's great. nice to be able to do that, just kind of freely give stuff to people like that, you know? That uh, ex machina. I'm not familiar with what that is. Um, is that a uh, is? I think it says is that Brian K. Vaughn that did that. Yeah, I believe so. I, do you know? Can you give me like the elevator pitch for what it's about, or is it just something you picked up? And- I know I've read a little bit of it, um, but it's been quite a while. If I remember correctly, it is uh, a fairly planted in politics mm-hmm. um let's see i'm gonna pull it up on wikipedia here um yeah it was it's a, a dc book under the wild storm imprint um written by uh garth uh, sorry written by uh, brian k vaughn um garth ennis wrote two pages in issue number 40 uh, a variety of different pencilers including uh tony harris uh, John Paul Leon and Jim Lee did two pages in issue number 40. Probably the ones that were written by uh, Garth Ennis would be my guess. Um, so the, the series details the life of Mitchell Hundred, also known as the Great Machine, the world's first and only superhero who, in the wake of his actions on 9-11, is elected mayor of New York City. The story is set during Hundred's term in office and interwoven with flashbacks to his past as the Great Machine. Through this, the series explores both the political situations Hundred finds himself in and the mysteries surrounding his superpowers. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so it'll it'll be a good read. Yeah, Yeah, I I know I've dipped my toes in it some before, and actually talking about it uh, made one of the other ones I got pop into my head. Uh, I got uh, one called Pax Romana, which Uh is a, a Hickman book. That I've read before years ago, um, when I worked in in the mall uh, managing there, somebody that worked in one of the other stores as one of my regular customers lent it to me. So I'm kind of looking forward to rereading that. But yeah, so uh, I guess uh, Ex Machina is going to come your way. Um, I'm looking forward to checking it out. Um, I did. Uh, you. You uh, were really excited about the Daredevil new series. You were really enjoying it, so I grabbed it. I'm only I've only was able to get a couple of issues into it, but I, I kind of liked what uh, the way they was setting up. I read like the first ten issues of the last Daredevil run by the previous was it, uh, Sewell, I think is the guy's name yeah. was writing it. Yeah, I liked Sewell. it, but fell off from it. Um, I 
yeah, I'm really curious to see what's going to happen with it. Do you did you finish the trade already? I finished the trade and I read I think a couple issues past because I started subscribing actually with the first issue past that first arc, and I had uh, you know gotten a couple of issues and then I I got some survey from Marvel. And uh, for completing the survey, I got a handful of director's cut digital editions of first issues, and one of them was issue number one of that. So I read issue number one, and I just went, I need to read everything before what I'm getting. Like, I don't want to jump ahead to issue six now. So I went on Comixology and looked, and the trade was coming out, and it was only going to be nine bucks on Comixology to get the trade. So I just, when it came out, I, I grabbed the trade for nine bucks and I read it and I've read a little bit past, but I'm really impressed with Zdarsky. Uh, you know, I originally knew him as an artist, mm-hmm. let alone on, on the book Sex Criminals, which I wouldn't, you know, like you, you get to know somebody from a book like that. You don't really expect them to do good writing a much more seriously toned book, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't know what to expect, but I kept on hearing good stuff and man, he, definitely is doing a fantastic job and i loved the art on that first arc the second art arc uh the art's not wowing me it's not bad but it's not wowing me like it did in the first one the first arc like the art impressed me as well um yeah it's gosh it's it's been real good um i love daredevil um since i started uh collecting a bit again Uncanny X-Men is my, my number one focus. I actually counted up today to see how many issues of Uncanny X-Men I have, and I'm up to 118 issues. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's built up, and of course I've been able to get a lot of them for fairly cheap or, you know, with help from friends or stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Um, there aren't very many that I've spent, you know, more than a dollar or maybe two on, and there's probably quite a few I got for less than that. But, uh, but yeah, so I, the, those are built up. But Daredevil is kind of like my number two. Like that's the the other one I started going more after. I was able to get a, a bunch of good old Avengers also. Uh huh. From uh my the comic shop that I go to had gotten a uh, a collection from somebody, and a lot of them were dollar books, uh, mostly because of condition, I suppose. But I picked up like $40 books from him when he was having a sale on top of it. So it was, uh, it was $40 books, but then they were whatever percent off as well. So they were less than a dollar a piece. Nice. Ah, but yeah, I love, I, you know, I'm really finding that I'm more of a Marvel guy and that I love that era of Marvel from like the, I guess like the mid to late seventies through to like, the end of the eighties, maybe touching into the beginning of the nineties a little bit. Mm-hmm. Pretty much love all that stuff. Or yeah, I mean what I've been what I've been checking out at least, but yeah. yeah. Good stuff. You read anything else good lately? I've been reading Why the Last Man. That's been my I decided to kind of make that my hoopla binge because they have uh they have all ten volumes on Hoopla. I only get three downloads a month, but uh, my wife signed up for Hoopla and then spent some time looking around and was like, hey, "There's nothing I want to get on here." So she's like, "If you want to log into mine, you can use my downloads too." So now I can oh, yeah. double double up when I want to. Um, 
I had read the first two volumes of Why the Last Man years ago. I bought the trades used at Bull Moose years ago, and I enjoyed it, but, you know, it's like when there's so many volumes, how much money do you want to invest in it right then? And yeah. it's always nice when you find them used, but it's kind of random, that kind of stuff. So um, I read the first two and then kind of stopped there, and I always wanted to go back to it. So finally went back to it, and it's a it's a really enjoyable series. Um, it is about, there's a, a plague that kills all the men except this one guy and his monkey. But otherwise, like, all the males of everything are dead. Uh, and, yeah, obviously that's, like, catastrophic to the world. Um, you know, there's a lot of interesting things explored with how different people react to it and how they form different factions. And, um, it's, you know, there's, there's a lot of kind of heavy stuff to it, but it's also just a really, there's a lot of fun stuff in it too, I think. So I don't know. I'm enjoying yeah. it quite a bit. It's a lot of people uh, highly recommended it. I've heard good things about it. I, I did, I borrowed it from Comixology Unlimited. I think the first, I know the first trade's available, and probably the first two or three usually are when they do that. That's another one. I, I started reading it, and I, I'm intrigued with it. It's just one that I've fallen off. I haven't read much comic-wise in the past since we last talked. I've been inundated with this uh, read, 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 listen to of all the Red Rising books that my cousin Dave and I, he got me hooked on them. And the newest book for that series came out. At the very on the thirty first of July, I believe, and uh, pretty much everything I has been focusing on that because we basically in July I, did, I read four books, novels, and then immediately it started into this new one as soon as it was released. Um, fortunately, the only way I was able to do that was actually by by, by listening to it through Audible because I already had the books and second time around i liked it even more than the first time which nice. is usually not the case and then i got to meet the author last weekend or weekend before yeah. last which was really cool it was just like a really lucky lucky chance to do that and i'm not really big on going and getting books signed about anything but it was neat he, he did a nice little talk beforehand and then he answered lots of questions and then the wait began to get the book signed because he didn't you know, a lot of times I've I've gone to like an Anne Rice book signing with my wife because she has a lot of books by her and wanted to get some signed, and it's kind of like a yeah. You know, so they just kind of move you right along. You pass the book and sign, it and you move on um, pretty quick. But he was like taking lots of time to devote to each person that stood up there to to get the book signed. You know, and talk, just having conversations, which was really cool. Uh, He's a talented, uh, talented writer. Uh, can't wait to see what he does next. But it's a, it's definitely a, not for everybody. But it's very, it's not like hard science. It's more like a space opera, like science fiction story. Uh, it's almost a little more like sp- science fantasy. Um, he doesn't get real hard. Like I'm reading this other book by Neil Stevenson that's called Seven Eves. It is very. If you love technical stuff you will learn so much science and science of space and space travel and all that kind of stuff just from, cause he really 
goes deep into explaining why everything happens technically. And on this guy, he just kind of wings it, you know. Uh, If he says they have anti-gravitation boots, they have anti-gravitation boots, and the physics doesn't really matter. (laughs) So it's just fun. It's fun. It's it's one of those more like a fun. And got uh, my wife got hooked on it. She sat and listened to him, and then I played her the first chapter when we were down in Austin, and she's like, I kind of want to read this, especially after listening to him talk. I'm like, okay, I'll hook you up. Because I had all the books on my Kindle and just loaded them on hers. And then uh, Joey, he, he listened to me and Dave talk on uh, 2BT the other day about it. He says, I really think I want to read that book. I said, you should give it a try. And he did. He said, after about after he got started, he said, I'm hooked. And uh, so he's, he's, he's giving it a try. Nice. Yeah. Fun stuff. Yeah, it's funny how stuff comes together too. You randomly get the chance to to meet somebody, and it's always cool getting getting into new series. And that sounds more like what my cup of tea would be. Like I, I don't need all this in depth explanation. Like just put it out there and let me enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, he builds up the characters. He creates a lot of empathy for the characters that he's talking about, and uh, you know he's a. Uh, he takes a page from the George R. R. Martin book of writing that if you make people love a character and then you have them die horribly. <laughs> so everybody's <laughs> crying. Yeah. But it's in there. He's good. He's a compelling writer. He, um, you know, he leaves everything in suspense. And, you know, he builds things up. Somebody asked him, how do you keep the pace so fast? Because it's not a slow read. It doesn't drag. I mean, it's like, He's always, the momentum of the story is always pushing you forward, wanting to make you read and keep going. Um, very few, like, slow moments. But at the same, other, on the other hand, it's not, like, rushed. It, it all makes sense. And he says, the way I do it is I keep, I have to escalate the tension. I'm always trying to escalate the tension. But I don't want to take too big a leap escalating the tension to where it's just absurd, you know. And then, of course, every book he ends on a, like a cliffhanger. So you you got to wait a year, two years for the next book. Hurry up and wait. So, uh, speaking of the stuff I was just talking about, good to bounce back. Uh, Why the Last Man, written by Brian Cavon, also. Oh, really? Yeah, so uh, I knew there was more reason that I was interested in Ex Machina. Uh, I guess like Brian Kevon, so maybe I'll check out the other stuff we did. We, who is it that we just went through that with that we discovered we really liked uh, Sword Daughter? Is Brian Wood, right? Yeah, Brian Wood. So we started digging in more. Yeah, I really enjoyed the massive. Actually, I still have to finish reading that series because I bought. I had a hardcover I had gotten that had like the first half of the series. And I bought the rest of it digitally to finish it, and I haven't gotten around to it yet. But, um, yeah, so Brian Cave on. I'll be checking him out a little bit more. You know, if I like uh, Ex Machina, that'll be enough reason to dig a little deeper. Um, and the last thing I could think of to talk about, uh, I think it's been busy for both of us lately with work yeah. and family yeah. and whatever else. Um, so July is the month that Barnes Noble does the, uh, the 50% off Criterion Collection movies, right? Oh, yeah. So I had gotten uh, the Samurai Trilogy, which I haven't watched yet. 
Uh, I got uh, Doctor Strangelove, which I did watch and greatly enjoyed it, much more yeah. than when I had watched it years ago when I was probably just barely out of high school. Um, and that was all I was going to get. And then right before the end of it, uh, you know, of course, there's again the emails from Burns Noble saying four more days and stuff like that. So I opened one up and right, right on the, the picture in the email, it shows uh, the Blu-ray for Police Story. And that wouldn't have meant anything to me except uh, Joshua Dysart, comic book writer, uh, he had been on Twitter raving about Police Story. Uh, so I, it just it caught my attention. So I, I took a little bit closer look at it, and Police Story stars Jackie Chan. Yeah. So I thought, okay, recommended by Josh Dysart, starring Jackie Chan... And, uh, the Blu-ray is actually the first and second movie, and with the sale, it'll only be 20 bucks. So I thought, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go give that a shot. Plus, I, you know, I have Barnes Noble memberships. It's only 18 bucks. So, you know, okay. So I I made one last purchase, and I got that. And I watched the first Police Story movie, and it was, uh, it was quite entertaining. And another cool thing about it is they're both actually directed by Jackie Chan. The first two movies. The series, I guess, goes on through like six movies, but I think he really? just directs the first two. I don't know a ton about it yet, so a lot of what I've actually found out has been secondhand. But my cousin Mike is a huge Jackie Chan fan, mm-hmm. so he's uh, he's seen. I think he said the like four of the Police Story movies and knows plenty about everything. But, but yeah, so so far I've just watched the movie and I I started just a little bit into one of the the special features. With Jackie Chan talking about how they do the stunts, because one of the things that's always set Jackie Chan apart, which I'm assuming that you'll know this, but mm-hmm. I kind of wonder how much people nowadays know about it, because it's not like he's really prevalent in popular movies nowadays, right? Like right. he's not in everything. Like when I was a kid, like during that time where he's popular, it's like he was pumping out movies left and right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does all of his stunts himself. Oh yeah, and it's amazing. They're they're very well coordinated and you know very well done. So, yeah. So that was uh, that was my last pick. It was Police Story, Police Story one and two, nice. uh, and I enjoyed it. And yeah, it's it's nice to kind of. I mean, it's it's definitely nice to branch out, like check out some movies that I've seen before, like you know, slowly with the Criterion sale or even other ways, but. Before you had even mentioned getting all these VHS tapes, I had been thinking about, man, there's so many movies that I enjoyed watching, like, two decades ago mm-hmm. that I haven't seen in forever, you know, and I haven't really thought about it. They're not the kind of thing I'm going to think to seek out to see again, but it's kind of cool when you go back and you watch a movie like that. Some of them, man, they don't live up to it, but no, no, uh, a lot of them you could watch, uh, well, you know, you had mentioned one. Um, because I'm reading the, uh, the adventures of Cavalier and Clay, right? Uh huh. And, uh, Chaban wrote, was it Wonder Boys? Oh, yeah. Wonder Boys. I saw that once. Yeah, Yeah, I saw that once, like, 15 or more years ago. And when you mentioned it, I hadn't thought about it in forever, but when you mentioned it, I was like, I really enjoyed that movie. You know, maybe I wouldn't mind checking that one out again. Yeah, that's one of those movies. I I absolutely loved that one, and it's one of those I I, I got on DVD back even back then, 
And it's just one I would. It's one of my. I guess I would call it a comfort movie. Like you just want to watch something good, and you know you you don't. You're not going to be disappointed if you watch it. That's one of the ones I would always watch. Yeah. Something about the story. The, the something about the way it unfolds, and you know, it's not. It's it's got some crazy stuff that happens in it, but it's like almost like a Coen Brothers movie. The way it unfolds, the humor of it, but there's also serious stuff and. uh know real real uh real real stakes along the way but um michael douglas play is this author that's just kind of self-destructing and uh then he meets this kid toby mcguire plays and uh things escalate rather rapidly with the two of them dead dogs and uh all <laughs> kinds of fun stuff but yeah i love that one we i watched it we watched a good one today that i even with the spot having all of these and it's one of those that I've been wanting to watch. Is the there was a biopic of J.R.R. Tolkien that came out, and it's out on on DVD for rental now, or for streaming for rental and purchase. Um, I loved it. My wife really liked it, and it's not a you know you don't have to like Lord of the Rings to watch this movie because basically it focuses on him when he's young. Um, he was an orphan at an early age. He and his brother. Um, it shows the experience that he, because his father had died, his mother takes him from the countryside where they were living, and then she dies, and he's left in the care of this uh, a priest who gets him and his brother kind of uh, in with this lady that kind of takes care of him and provides a home for him, and he gets to go to a really good school, then he gets to go to Oxford, and but it goes back and forth from when he was young to when he served in the first world war and it does a really good job of capturing the absolute horror and nightmare that serving on the front lines of the, in the trenches was. Um, and then, you know, it's about building friendships. He had a, he had a, like a, it's kind of vaguely reminiscent of a dead poet society feel a little bit. Cause he had this little group of friends is the TCB, Something is a S is a tea club and Bastorian or Bavarian society. And we're basically they, one of them was an artist. One was a poet. One was a writer. Another was a musician. And they all helped each other and critiqued each other's works from then they're like early teenagers till after when they went into college even. And all of them died except for Tolkien and one other guy in the first world war. And that really had a huge impact on, on him and his life it's, it's a good movie um if you even if you don't like lord of the rings that much uh it's interesting and i know everything and it's not you know true um you know because they have they cut corners sometimes but i, I think that they try to stay they try to stay pretty uh faithful to to who he was and how he developed as a person so i recommend that where, that's my recommendation it's called Tolkien. where was that huh where did you see it? I got it on Redbox. Oh, okay. Rental, and it's probably available. I don't know if it's on any of the streaming services or anything like that. I can, yeah, I can check it out on Redbox. But I heard, I, I, when it came out, I, I'd seen some like negative, and this is why I, I just don't pay attention anymore to what other people say. If, I, if I'm interested, I try it, you know. Um, yeah, and a Redbox, worst case scenario, you're out like two bucks. Yeah, yeah, dollar eighty something for this one. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I absolutely loved it. 
but I, I, I'm kind of a the audience it was made for, of course, because yeah, well, I bet my wife would like it a lot, and that's I, I'm sure I would enjoy it quite a bit too. Uh, she she's more into the Lord of the Rings than I am, but that's uh-huh. kind of kind of part of her her niche. There is uh, like she really loves Lord of the Rings trilogy, the Hobbit movies, uh, Harry Potter, the Fantastic Beasts, like all that you know fantasy stuff she um, has excellent taste man yeah i see why you married her she she knows good things yeah i can watch that stuff fantasy and sci-fi just they, they're not my my niche no no I know. but i can uh i can still sit and appreciate them you know but yeah so i i think i'll enjoy the the movie about tolkien more than i would enjoy watching one of the lord of the rings movies again though you probably will <laughs> you probably will it's good. Yeah. All right, so you recommend Tolkien. I guess I recommend uh, Police Story. Yep. And Why the Last Man. Yeah, Definitely recommend Daredevil. That. Check out Zdarsky's Daredevil if you want to read something current, man. That's good. I'm looking forward to finishing that, and I'll jump back into Why the Last Man. Because I liked it. I think I read, got like two or three issues in, and something's stop me my reading at home time cut back a lot in the last month yeah. so but well, uh, the nice thing with with why is uh it reads real quick mm-hmm. like it's it's one of those books that like it's not hard to keep going on like sometimes a book will be good but like you slog through it slowly you know and you like it but it's still it's slow moving yeah i, I could uh, blow through a trade of why the last man in a day pretty easily and not feel like I pushed myself to do it, you know? Yeah, man, I picked up a copy. I haven't read it yet. I hadn't read before. It's like Ray or Rye. I always forget how to pronounce it. Right. From from back in the 90s uh, run, I've, I've, I kept up with all the stuff that's been out since the relaunch, but I had never, I've collected them, but I hadn't, like, I just, on a whim, I just grabbed, I think it's like issue 25 or 27 in the new Ray, Rai, um, where it's the sun, the blood of champion, is the blood of champions? What the heck is the title of it? Anyhow, it's just one issue, it's like the first issue, and Spylock is this big spider alien vampire-like um, guy, and he sends a message to Obadiah, the son of of Rye, and I, I still haven't finished it. It's so there's so much, <laughs> there's so many words in it. It takes you like two or three times longer than it does now for like most modern comics. <laughs> yeah, those are definitely a lot denser. Yeah. Well, I am seeing some lightning flashing in the sky, and there is uh, rain on the way. So it's probably a good time for us to wrap this up. Let's wrap it up. And yeah, next time we'll have more uh, 50 Cent Trades and Dime movies to talk about. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. All no right. Problems. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Who's Paul. Sparky's on Twitter at MD Sparkman. Where else yep. can they find us? How is our website coming? It's a... Uh, it's a... Uh, <laughs> I haven't had time to read. I haven't had time to really do much on it. So it's kind of a... It's in a... It's in a frozen state at the moment. It's there somewhere frozen in the internet, people. Yeah, yeah. But nonetheless, you can find us on Twitter, which is the better way to talk to us if you wanted to. You can if go you're listen to this. You know where to listen to our podcast. You can go listen to Bibliophile Labyrinth Adventures 
and hopefully, um, which is the worst name ever. Why didn't I run this past you before I did it? <laughs> God dang it. It's so bad. But anyhow, that's what I stuck with. I've got two episodes out of that. i uh, got a couple of people. Hopefully, um, they've said they're, 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 one of them is definitely doing it. He's working on a, on a book that I actually talked about. He's actually, I think, going to talk about the entire series and some other stuff. Michael from over in uh, Germany um, is going to do that. And I've kind of put the call out. If, if you, if you want to talk about a book you love or anything, you just send an email at 143podcast at gmail.com and I will, uh, I'll take a look at what you record and if you kind of clean it up, um, don't worry about like long pauses or if you glitch or have to take a break or whatever, you know, I can edit it down and, uh, and we'll release it and share what, what it is you want to share about something you really enjoy. It could be about a writer that you love. It could be about a genre you love. It's a, it's just kind of a, I don't know, on a whim, I, I came up with this and I was just going to talk about books that I like. But I, I'm like, why is it just me? I mean, lots of people out there can, uh, why not share stuff that make it possible for other people to share? You know, it's not a huge commitment for you to talk for 10 to 15 minutes about something you enjoy. Um, and you'd be surprised once you start, sit down and start thinking about it, how, how much you can, uh, can come up with. So there's that, that, to check out also. Hopefully I'll get I'm a gonna... contribution from you sometime soon. I'm going to read Blood Meridian and then talk about how horrible you are for making me read it. Yeah, I don't recommend you read it because it, <laughs> cause it's, you will end up just, you, the, your will to live will just completely go away because his, his, his depiction of, and it's fairly, it's an accurate depiction of the way things used to be, especially down in the Southwest, will take out your will to get up in the morning. Let's just put it like that. <laughs> it, it is grim. It's beautiful. In its horrific depiction, you have a friend that's really uh, into Cormac McCarthy, right? Yeah, yeah, he can probably illuminate you a little bit better than me. Even say, it. I will read that book at some point, but I'm actually in progress with another book that I'm hoping to contribute with. Oh yeah, yeah, looking forward to All it. All right, thank. Well, you. Let's call it a night before this lightning storm gets here. Yep. All right, so until next time, go get some uh, dime VHSs and watch some old movies, and Mm -hmm. we'll uh, eat some popcorn and and chat about it next time. Have a good night. Be kind, rewind. Yay. That wasn't terrible. That was pathetic. Boo.